0: Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're so glad you're with us. Um, and we're going to start a brand new series today. So um, I-, I look forward to a new series, and I'm calling this one, From Nothing to Something. Uh, and um, we're going to base this one in First Peter, the first couple of chapters, and we'll spend some time digging through some passages of Scripture together. But uh, I like that idea. It's kind of based, uh, and we'll read some scripture in a moment, where, where once we were not the people of God, and now we are the people of God. We've gone from nothing to something, and it's an amazing journey and transformation that's made possible in Christ. And there's a lot of aspects to it that Peter sort of lays out for us in, in the first couple of chapters. And so I thought we would take some time and look at the concepts together and... and uh, sort of look at this, and, and so uh, there's also new wristbands from nothing to something out in the main foyer. Uh, if you want to remember what we're talking about, get a wristband. So uh, that's what I do. I start wearing them, so I think about it all the time. Today I want to talk about living hope and what living hope is, and it's how we kind of start this journey that we're on from nothing to something in Christ. So that's where we're heading. That's the intro, bad joker to Oh, on Christmas, somebody got me this new... Uh, I was really excited—a book, a dictionary, thesaurus—and I was really excited when I opened it. But when I unwrapped it, all the pages were blank. I have—I have no words to tell you how disappointed I was. <laughs> <laughs> this one is bad. Why? So you, at Christmas we op- we get these things where you pull on them like this, and they go bang, pop. And then inside, there's a crown that you have to kind of wear. You ever get one of these things? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you do. And there's always a bad joke or two in there. So this is where the next one came from. Why did the bacon laugh? Because the egg cracked the yolk. That's terrible. You laughed at that. This one came out of there too. What is orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. <laughs> Scripture reading. Here on purpose. First Peter chapter 2 verses 9 through 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Blessed be the word of the Lord. That's funny. I, I can tell you what made me stop there. Um, right down the street, there's a, there's a motorcycle group in called the pagans. And they're having a big thing. And uh, the ice cream uh, we have an ice cream truck here, in case you don't know, that goes out and gives away free ice cream. So we went and gave the pagans free ice cream. <laughs> and they ate it up, man. They took them. And I just thought, live such good lives among the pagans. I, I, I love that stuff. Anyway. And we did a candy outreach today. It was great. Good stuff. Okay, so here we go, I said I was going to talk about living hope, so let's hop right in there, I want to talk about it, point number one in your notes is just that, what is living hope that's what Peter calls it, living hope, First Peter 1 3 again uh, First Peter 1 3 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead so great verse, and I want to break this verse down and talk about it with you today and talk about living hope. So, in our Advent series that we just finished, we talked about hope there. And, and uh, what I said to you about hope was that hope is a trustful expectation, particularly when it comes to the fulfilling of God's promises, and that it's different than sort of the way we normally understand hope. We, we have a worldly hope um, that's based on a feeling that something that we want would happen. Like, I, I can say, like, I hope the dolphins win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and uh, so, so I, I, it'd be great, but, you know, I don't have any expectation of that actually happening, right? But, but okay, I, I hope that they win, and that's, that's on it. But you see, that's worldly hope. It's not based on anything, um, you know, substantial. But biblical hope, see, is, is more than a feeling. Biblical hope is the confidence That what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. And in our Advent series, we looked at a whole bunch of the specific messianic prophecies and fulfilling of promises uh, about a coming Messiah who would redeem us. And so we took time, actually, one day, and we looked at those things, and I said, you know, biblical hope is based on that because of all that God has done that He said He was going to do. We can, we can be confident in what he's promised to do that we haven't seen yet, and so, so this is the idea of biblical hope now Peter kind of takes it even a step further, and he calls it a living hope, a living hope, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about, well what is a living hope, what, and uh, so in, in contrast, you know when you think about things like that, well living hope, then what would a dead hope look like And when I thought about that, it reminded me of something in James chapter 2 where James talks about a a dead faith. He says in James 2.26, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So he says, you know, faith without deeds is fruitless and unproductive. A living faith, however, would be one that was fruitful and productive. So, So by analogy, living hope has power and produces changes in life. It's living and effective. This living hope is a confidence and trust in God that has power to produce change in us and how we live and how we relate. See, that's the, the idea behind a living hope. It's, it's, you know, got the power of God in it, the Spirit of God, and it actually does things in our life. It can change us, this, this hope that we have in Him because our confidence is in the Lord. So so we start this idea with this idea of living hope. Now, second thing to tie into this, into this verse, is this question. What is it that makes you, you? What is it that makes you, you? Um, Again, let me read 1 Peter 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so what is it, you know, that makes you who you are? What is the essence of your sort of unique personhood? And and my thinking is this, that if you think about it, and you, you sort of take some time to dwell on that, it's, it's not so much about your actions or your thoughts or your ideas. What makes you you is your desires. Um, we're, we're basically sort of what we long for. and And then what we'll do is, when we, when we sort of are moving in that direction, we will bring in ideas and principles to help justify our appetites and our passions. That's what happens. And so it, it sort of gets down to, to your, your individuality is really determined by what you long for. And Peter says that we're born into a living hope. And, and here's what this transformation looks like. When we see to, to put all our hopes, our desires and longings on things that are in the world and instead we get our hopes and our desires on God that when that happens that, that this new person is born that's what's taking place as we sort of understand the dynamic of who Jesus is and what he's doing and, and this hope, this powerful alive hope that we have in him and we start to change our focus from, from our longings being things of the world to our longings being the things of God, this, this transformation, this new birth takes place in Him, it's, it's we're moving from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive in Christ, and this is the process of what's taking place, and so, so this living hope then uh, becomes our, our focus, and and it's where we begin to experience life. And so this hope has to be developed in us, and that's the third point. How does this hope, this living hope, how is this developed in us uh, on this journey? Because it starts here in the process, this journey. Again, first Peter one three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead through the resurrection. Now the resurrection doesn't produce hope without our hearing about it. So the resurrection happened, but if we don't hear about what took place it doesn't produce hope in us. So before we can begin to develop this living hope what had to happen was we had to get the news. And and it's very good news by the way, and that's actually what we call it, the good news, the gospel. And this good news, this gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15. 3 and 4. And, and by the way, everybody should know this verse and know where it's at. Because it, it comes down to knowing these verses. Um, it's, it's getting this that changes everything. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For what I received, Apostle Paul said, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now that's the gospel message. That's the good news. That's what we had to hear before this hope could sort of begin to develop in us. This whole process of new birth and, and, and living hope happens in this understanding of the good news of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But the words by themselves don't produce hope. There there has to be some assurance that they're true. So we have to have some evidence that Jesus really did rise from the dead. Now, if the Pharisees and the scribes at the time had been able to produce the body of Jesus, like on Pentecost, for example, Peter could have preached until he was blue in the face and nothing would have happened. No one would have been born again into a living hope. That's why Paul, when he defines the gospel, the good news for us in 1 Corinthians 15, 4 and 5, uh, he goes on and says this in, in the following verses, after verse 4, 3 and 4, about the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8. And then he appeared to Peter, the guy who's writing, and then to the 12. And after that, well, no, that's not. Paul's writing. Sorry, he appeared to Peter, the one who's the verse we're doing. Then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So, why did Paul include that part? That there were lots of people who saw this resurrection. Hundreds of them, as a matter of fact. Not only the 12, which you might have been able to dismiss, but also um, hundreds of other folks. Um, and most of whom, more than 500, most of whom were still alive at the time that Paul wrote that passage of Scripture. Why is that important? Many people would like to deny the resurrection. They would like to tell you that Jesus is just a good story. And you'll actually hear people tell you things like, Yo, well, Jesus was a good teacher, Jesus was a prophet, And uh, he was a good guy, but that's all that he was. But, But that's not all that Jesus was. If that's all that Jesus was, we're in a big problem because we needed him to be so much more than that. See, I've been telling you throughout this Advent season that what we needed was a Savior because all of us have been separated from God by our sin. That's the bottom line issue. God's perfect. Once we sin, we are not. All of us have sinned. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned or how much you don't think you've sinned or how good you've been in the process. Once you've sinned, you're separated from the perfectness of God and we can't get back in our own strength. Too many people think that that's possible. It's one of the big problems we have in our culture today. People will say it all the time that, that they just sort of offhandedly think that everybody's okay in, with God. And they don't have anything to base that on other than well, they're a pretty good person or you know, well, well, you know, certainly God's you know, such that, that it doesn't really matter how you work. You know, God is going to take care of it in the end. And they don't have anything to base that on, and it's a huge problem because uh, a lot of people n- never get to this spot where they move into this new birth and have a living hope for their life because they don't know that they need to or they don't believe that they need to because they've bought into the lies of the culture. So what we need to know and what we need to understand is that, that we've got this issue that Jesus is the one who fixes it because he came perfect. God, perfect man, lived that life and then willingly went to the cross on our behalf, defeated death, rose again, and, and now we're reconciled to God because He sees us in the perfection of His Son. You've got to hang all those things in tension. So, so there were witnesses to the resurrection. That's what you need to know. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. Um, it's, it's an actual event that took place. There's a lot of evidences in the Bible, but I love this one because there were hundreds and hundreds of witnesses to this event. They saw Jesus resurrected. Uh, and we, when Jesus died. He didn't just pass out or anything. He died. He defeated death. He rose again. And and it, all those witnesses, when Paul wrote, were still around. He said, you can go and talk to people that were there. There are hundreds of them. Go ask anybody that uh, was in that area that saw this thing, and they'll tell you that this happened. And so So we have this evidence of a resurrected Jesus, which means that the the gospel is true. And because the gospel is true, we can put our hope in him and we can be born anew and we can experience life in him forever. And so this living hope develops as we understand that Jesus has risen, that that Jesus defeated death, that Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. Jesus is alive never to die again. He's alive. He, He bore our sin, my sin on the cross, he defeated death, he rose again. And because of that, I am reconciled to God. Jesus, who loves me and gave himself for me, is alive and he's present and he's caring for every moment of my life. And because of that, I can have this amazing hope in him. And this hope that, that's living, that makes a difference, that changes things, that, that changes the way that we live now and forever forever. Without hope, I don't, I don't know how people make it in this world. Without this living hope, the, the world's a scary place. You, you Things happen all the time. We just had, you know, another crazy thing happen in, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, yesterday, these, these events take place around us. And I often wonder, how do people without without Jesus get through this stuff? I don't they even get out of the house. Um, but But we have a living hope because of what Jesus has done for us and what he's promised to do and it's it's not a myth, it's not a fairy tale it's not a I hope that's true kind of story it's a it's an actual event that took place in history that we needed to have happen so that we can be reconciled to God and have hope and, and that's where this whole process starts and this living hope changes see it has the power to change us in the way that we live I, I talked to Family and friends all the time. And, and um, it's dealing with, like, the anxieties of the world which come upon us. And I've told you this numerous times. But, but for me, when that starts to happen, um, because this hope I have in Him, I always, I think of that verse, I've told you this over and over again. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and I I get to that verse constantly throughout the day because things happen, and I I start to get stressed over them or worried about them or overthink them or, you know, it feels like things are unsettled. I'll just think about that verse, and I'll pray that verse and sort of give it back to God, and because he cares about me and because he's alive and because he's present, things begin to change. And it's amazing that things begin to change. See, that's that, the power of a living hope that we have available to us. And so this is the sort of the beginning of this journey from nothing to something. We, we come into the reality of all this process because at some point we hear the good news and we take it in. We, we, we hear that gospel message that Jesus came, that He paid for our sins there on the cross. He died to do it, shed His blood, that that our sin might be forgiven. Defeated death rose again. We get that, and by faith we accept that. And and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And and then as we do that, see, we're, we're born anew into this living hope that's producing change in us as we go. And it begins this process of transforming us from nothing to something. And so, think about this living hope this week. Kind of, kind of ponder it, and, and think about you know your longings and how the Spirit of God will help you change your longings from the things of the world to to the things of God. And that as that process happens, this this thing develops in us, and we're we're confident in it because we we know what He's done, and He's done what He said He was going to do, and He continues to do that, and He'll do all that He's promised. And so we can rest Him in that process. And and as we do, see we we can hang into and really then, you know, enjoy this hope that we have in him. It's alive and it's powerful and it's changing us. And so it changes us from the beginning and continues to change us on until he comes back for us. So think about living hope this week, and we'll pick up our discussion there next week. If you're watching my video, appreciate you doing that. Uh, If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page, and just put in your prayer request, and we will pray for you. We'd love for you to come and visit when you get a chance so that uh, we can hang out with you. But that's where we're going to finish the message for today.